Hello everybody, my name is Charlotte Carpenter from Baby Woman Records and you're listening to The Indie Insider. This is the podcast for artists, by artists and the aim of the game is that I'm getting you as much free advice and insider scoop from the music industry as much as possible. Basically, what I'm doing in this podcast is something I wish I wished existed back in the day when I was starting out. So I'm having conversations with people that work in the industry and I'm also having conversations with other artists just to be like, yo, what have you learned? This is what I've learned. This is how I'm feeling because for too long, I have felt like I am alone in this. And what I've learned over the past couple of years is that I am not. We are all in the same boat. We're all doing the same things. We're all finding, you know, the the same hurdles that we have to jump across. And this podcast is here so we can talk about it more openly. And uh, yeah, just crack on, you know, and feel good about the music and the careers that we're building. And uh, if you're a fan of this podcast, and I know that some of you are, I just want to shout out to the people that have been reaching out recently. Thank you very much. You make my day. Um, Subscribe to the podcast and share it and just let other people in music know that it exists. I want this podcast to reach as many new emerging and independent artists as possible because somewhere in this episode list you're going to find something that is going to resonate with you. Anyway, today's episode is going to be a little bit of me talking to myself. A few things have changed in my life over the past couple of weeks. I'm no longer working at the coffee shop which I know is something I've talked about a lot. I'm working a much smaller job from home Um, which is actually lovely because I've got far more headspace than I have ever had before and I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to really crack on and you know and finish writing that debut album but yeah so it's going to be a a little bit of me myself and I this week but hopefully you still find it really really useful because I'm talking about booking gigs yes booking G-I-G-S gigs. It is very heavily underrated in this music industry just how important it is to gig. If you are a new artist listening to this podcast and maybe you've got one, two, three, four, five, six songs, I don't know, maybe you haven't got that many and you think now's not the right time to do it. I want to try and tell you and persuade you that you are wrong because every time you write a song, you need to be road testing it. You need to be crafting it as you go because every time you write that song, you might think it's finished, but put it in front of an audience, there might be something that needs to change or maybe there is a dynamic that needs to change or maybe a lyric accidentally fell out into the stage that you know, wasn't there when you recorded it. All of these things happen when you road test your songs. They become much more fully formed ideas. And let's not forget the episode that I did with Simon Pursehouse from Centric, because as soon as you write your songs and you've registered them and you're playing them live, there is income for you. So let's get to it. How do we book gigs? Booking gigs comes in many different shapes, sizes and colours. If you're a new artist, maybe the first thing you should be doing is going to your local open mic night. That's definitely the route that I took. 
I took a guitar along and made friends with all the, you know, the middle-aged men who did this week in, week out. And I just started being better on stage. I got rid of my fear of talking to strangers. I got rid of my fear of, you know, forgetting my lyrics because these are all things that you have to think about and manage when you're touring. You know, get yourself to a local open mic night. Just put your name down. You might be terrified, but that will, that will fade. When I look back at all of the years I went to open mic nights, probably from the ages of 16 to 18, I think that, I think of that time as one of the most grounding times of my life. Just to be around other people with day jobs and children and, you know, people that just needed to exercise this this side of them that they never get to. You will meet some characters at open mic nights, don't get me wrong, but you are going to completely build yourself from the ground up. It is not hard to find an open mic night. Just walk into your local pub and ask. Or if you're underage, go with your parent. Or, you know, if you don't want to walk into your local pub, you just could give them a call. But nine times out of ten, nearly every pub is doing open mic nights. That might not be the case now because, yes, the pandemic, but eventually they're going to come back or maybe they're going to start doing some outdoor festivals. Whatever it is, just practice. Or if you don't want to go to the pub... Just start inviting your friends around or your family, start doing house shows, start doing, you know, garden parties and get your guitar out. Just start practicing. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be this fully formed idea of an artist before you play. And that's one of the things that I've come across whilst talking to other independent and younger musicians. They feel like they have to be this fully formed finished product and I don't agree I feel like you become the musician you're going to be from being on stage. Go and find those opportunities and if no, they're not for you, they're not there for you there, sorry. Find those opportunities. If they're not there for you yet, create your own. I used to go and play at a youth centre um, when I was 16. That's probably the first time I started playing shows. I also did a line dancing night Um, I always did family parties, Uh, I had uh, quite an extensive time in my life where I'd always play to my uncle and auntie drunk in the kitchen and they'd give me really brutal feedback. My uncle was the first person that told me I should put a cover in my set. I haven't done that for a very long time but back when I was you know 16, 17, 18 that completely helped me you know just to be able to perform this song that people recognised like in the pub setting you know? Covers aren't for everyone, and like I say, I haven't done them for ages, but starting from scratch, that's where you need to be thinking. You need to be thinking about going into a pub or a similar setting, playing your songs, maybe a couple of covers to bring people in, start generating some income and money for yourself as early as possible. The next tier of booking gigs really is if you've already done the open mic nights, you've already done the hometown shows, you've got friends and family that are supporting you and maybe you want to start venturing out, you know, into kind of local festivals or neighbouring towns or cities. This is when you're going to have to get really good at writing an email or a Facebook message or an Instagram DM. Whatever it is, you need to get good at communicating. Yeah, you might be able to walk into that place and talk to someone, but 
nine times out of ten people need a point of reference they need a song to listen to they need a bio to read and through some of the things I've learned across the years is that if you're writing an email to a promoter or a venue or a pub or whatever you need to keep it short concise give them what they need to hear do not go on for sentences and paragraphs about you know the vision of the band or um where why you're recording in a certain place or i don't know like who your musical influences are that's actually not that important what these people want to know is a who you are b where they can listen to your music and see what it is exactly that you're looking for if you want to play a certain show say so if you're just putting yourself out for you know any suitable support slots say so but also if you are doing that make sure it makes sense there's no point in a folk artist opening up for a heavy metal band do your research really figure out which venues put on what genre of music and if that's good for you reach out there's no point in you reaching out to a venue that really doesn't like book that kind of music you're going to get nowhere so just put the hours in get your admin down really master that email do your research about what genres play in certain places and then send your email you know you want to be ready you want to be ready and you want replies and how the hell are you going to get replies a good email a good attitude that's my advice all right so now you're in the world of support shows and there are certain bands that you really, really want to play with. Now, we've all been there. We've all wanted to play that show with that person because, you know, they are our musical hero. But we just have to put our feet or our heads into the same heads of the promoter. When it comes to this, you have to be very honest and open about how many people you can bring down to that show. If you know you can only bring three, four, five people down to that show, do not lie and say 20. Because 20 people will probably definitely get you a show uh, with, you know, one of your favourite musicians. Three, four, five people might not, but at least you're honest with them. Because if they like your music and they think okay this person's doing some pretty cool stuff they seem legit they seem on it you know they seem like they might help me push this show they're gonna take a chance on you and if you've lied to them and told them that you're only going to take 20 if you've lied to them and told them you're going to take 20 people but you only take three they're going to be like ah okay they lied to me here and that's going to stop you from getting another booking. You have to be talking to these people like they're a human being. Because, yes, you want them to throw you a bone. But they are also a functioning business that have to think about money. Just be yourself. Don't lie. Put on a good show and hope that they rebook you. So you've done the support show of your dreams congratulations we've all been there i think probably my first 
massive support show was with uh, Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly, who I'm very, very privileged to say that I is now a very good friend. And, you know, back when I was 14, listening to um, his, his debut record, Chronicles of a Bohemian Teenager, I never in a million dreams thought that I would be open up for Sam Duckworth. But I did with a nice polite email and the fact that I could only bring three, four, five people along. And, you know, that worked, that got me, that got my foot in the door. And from getting to know Sam, I then went on to open up for him quite a lot over the years. And this is a very common misconception when it comes to support tours. So we've already spoken about the support support shows, now we're on support tours. People feel like they need an agent to get a support tour. Again, they're wrong. Every support tour I have ever landed has been because I have played a local show with that musician whilst they're on tour. So I've been dealing with local promoters or maybe I've spoken to them on Twitter or Instagram, but nine times out of 10, actually, do you know what? I'm gonna go out there and say every single damn time it's because I've met them in a local support show setting. The support shows can offer a musician so much opportunity. You wanna rock up to that support show, just being yourself, doing your job, be nice to the promoter, and crack on and also get to know the headline artist but also respect the space and boundary of that headline artist they're not going to want you to be up in their grill talking to them all of the time because they're probably going to be tired they've probably been on the road for like a month but what they are looking for is a bit of conversation you know something something interesting not anything too invading you know I I appreciate that there is a lot to think about in these settings, but every single support tour I have had is from that. So, yeah, just be yourself. Don't invade their privacy. Try and actually build a relationship with these musicians rather than just go in there like, well, can I support you again? Or maybe on that support tour that you've got next year, maybe I can be your main tour support. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to get to know people. You have to treat each other as human beings. Okay, guys, we have actually spoken quite a lot about booking gigs. I've taken you from the open mic night to the kind of more local, larger shows on to maybe going on to a larger city, trying out new venues, then going on to a support show and then how to get yourself a support tour. Now, after them five things, and may I add, you have to keep doing these five things over and over again to build your fan base, you're going to be moving on to your headline tour. A headline tour can come, again, in many different shades and colours. You have to think about why you're touring. Have you got a product to sell? Have you got a bunch of new songs that you want to practice? Because each of those things are going to get you very, very different tours. For example, if you've got a single, an EP or an album coming out and you want a full-on headline tour, you're probably going to be looking at venues that you know are slightly bigger. Venues in which other touring musicians come to 
So, you know, local to me, you've got Leicester, The Cookie, The Sunflower Lounge in Birmingham, uh, The Castle Hotel in Manchester, Gulliver's is a good one in Manchester. You know, you've got these very kind of very credible independent music venues they're the kind of venues you want to be looking at for one of your first headline tours okay the ones that are not gonna they're not gonna make you feel bummed if only 10 people turn up because in a in a room of a capacity of like i don't know 80 to 100 10 20 30 people is still gonna make you feel like people are there okay so you have to set your expectations somewhere that actually well you're going to meet them basically right so yeah if you've got something to sell you're going to be thinking a little bit more seriously about these very iconic venues that you've maybe always wanted to play or maybe some of your favorite musicians have played and to reach the promoters that are going to be working with those venues again you're going to be have to do a little bit of research find out which promoters use those venues find out what kind of genres those promoters book for those venues it's quite a long task but i promise just do it just sit yourself down create your spreadsheet work out all of the suitable venues for you and always be real about how many people you can get into that room However, if you're booking a headline tour because you just want to try some new songs out, you can get a little bit more creative about the way you book that tour. So rather than looking at these kind of concrete, legit venues with these massive, huge sounding PAs and, you know, really good lights, what you could be doing is thinking a little bit more left field and thinking about house shows or coffee shops or bookshops or breweries, you know, something a little bit different and interesting. And that's the key here, different and interesting. Fans want that. You might be a musician listening to this podcast thinking, you know, I need to be selling out these like legit venues, I need to be playing these venues, I need to look as if I am doing something similar to other people. You do not. I promise you now, if you're going to do something quirky and interesting, that is going to create a little bit more buzz and interest around your story. I have done both of these and I can tell you now, the most enjoyable was the more left field. The one where I was on a headline tour uh, with my band, I've done a couple of times. Now I love playing with my band, and I love sound sounding. I love being in a venue where my sound is being fully communicated. I love it, but oh my god, the pressure that comes with selling those tickets is something else. You can, I think I've shared this story before, but I played to three people in a two hundred and fifty capacity venue. It might have even be three hundred actually, but it was soul destroying, and. Even though I look back at that time now and I laugh to myself about how I reacted to that, it happened. And that's because I wasn't real about what I could actually achieve in that city, in that venue. It's not all on me. I think some of the hard work is definitely on the promoter. And you are going to get some dodgy, lazy promoters, but that comes down to research. Research the best promoters. And if you go to them 
and you present that wonderful email with that very, very small bio and very easy to find streaming link, you know, if you go to them with these assets, they might just reply and be like, I appreciate this email, but we might not be right for you right now. You might be better off with this promoter. And that's actually happened to me. I I was once booking a tour across Europe and in Europe it's like a different ball game because you really are kind of going into things like a bit blindly. But I I emailed this venue in Amsterdam, which I would never have got a show in, but the promoter replied to me and said, look, I know what you're doing. I respect you. This was a wonderful email to read. I really like your music, but I cannot book you because you cannot bring people into my venue. And then what he did instead was recommend two or three other venues or promoters to me that could have helped. And having that conversation with someone with that much knowledge in their area was everything that I needed. And it got me that show in Amsterdam at a much smaller, easier venue. So please, please, please just get your email etiquette together, set your expectations, be honest, be yourself and, you know, just be, be easy to talk to, be easy to deal with. If there's a problem, you know, just don't be a dick, just don't be a dick. Obviously, if you get yourself into a situation where you have to stand up for yourself, by all means, stand up for yourself. But in the very early stages of your career, do not be a dick. Do not think that you're entitled to play that venue. Do not think ever that you're entitled to play with someone because that sense of entitlement, people will really, really, really sniff out of you. So there we go, guys. That was the headline tour in kind of these more legit venues and then that was your headline tour in these more left field venues there are a million and one questions when it comes to booking a gig i completely understand and i hope that this podcast episode has given you some sort of quick fire journey or trajectory that you can see yourself on when come well when it comes the time to book shows again so, you know, for example, I know that the next time I'll be playing shows probably will be to road test what might be my debut record. And I would not want to put pressure on myself to sell loads of tickets for people to come and just hear the things that I've been writing for the past year. It, it's not really about selling tickets at this point. It's about letting your early fans or new fans or, you know, just people that have been with you from the start to hear something and I will probably save those big venues for when me and the band are together and what I will be doing is probably going and finding venues that are more like listening rooms you know places where there's already a community of people that go and listen so not only am I testing out all of this new material that I haven't had the chance to but I'm also reaching new people at the same time And it's about being honest and open with them people in the room and being like, yo guys, I haven't toured for like a year. I've been writing a record. This is all the stuff that I've been doing and I just need to play these songs to people. Because I think having that attitude is far better 
than just thinking yeah let's let's do a tour let's make loads of money let's sell tickets because you're actually not going to make any money anyway let's be real and you're not going to sell loads of tickets always set your expectations at that level that you feel like you can achieve them the more you achieve really the better you're going to feel anyway it's all about that expectation and gigging isn't easy you know there's like a million and one things you have to think about all the time and I am going to do a couple of podcast episodes about it I think especially with uh, the conversations that you have with the sound engineer and the promoter it's a whole different thing but hopefully in in today's episode you've kind of got a a little bit of a grasp on what it why you have to book a gig when is the right time to book a gig and how you do it just be nice I think that's the main thing I hope some of you go off and uh, book some great gigs. I really do. I hope that you, you know, whatever level you're at, you go and you start road testing your songs. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to finish this episode now by bringing it back to the main point of road testing songs. Like, we are not fully formed people and we don't have to be. We're always changing, we're always growing and, and that's completely okay. Honestly, your songs and your musicianship will become so much better the moment you start playing. It does not have to be the full arrangement that you can hear in your home head. All it has to be is you and your guitar and a couple of people. That's all it has to be. It's as simple as that. So go book some gigs. Honestly, just get on the road. So that was another episode of the Indie Insider and this was all about how to get yourself some gigs. I hope this has helped. If it has, please let me know of any success stories. And if you're a fan of this podcast, please do let other people know it exists. Subscribe. There's also a newsletter on the record label Instagram right now that I'm really wanting people to sign up to. I'm going to be sending out some articles alongside this podcast all about kind of the themes and the topics that I'm talking about but honestly thank you so much everybody for listening have a wonderful wonderful day let me know if you have any gig success if you have any questions or anything at all that you want me to talk about in these podcasts drop me a dm baby woman records or find me personally charlotte carpenter my handle is c carpenter music and let's talk very very soon